following episode of Council of the First Ones was recorded on July 6, 2014, but due to technical mishaps, we had to redo it again on July 8, 2014. Hello and welcome to another Council of the First Ones. I'm Kelly, host of Toys and Tunes, and admin for the Great Rebellion. Joining me today is Yoni. Hey Yoni, how was Crystal Fair? <laughs> it was great. My mind is still full of ponies. Well, gotta put the ponies aside. We've got a lot of business today to deal with. But while you're putting your pony stuff away, we also have our resident rancher, Crespo. Hey guys, I'm not gonna be getting that free baby skeleton that's coming up and I'm gonna tell sweepstakes because, once again, only the 50 states, not Puerto Rico, not everywhere else. So basically, I don't get a chance to get a toy that I really do not want. Yay! You know what? I'm just going to win it and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Renee from Nerds on the Couch joining us. Hi, Renee. Hello, everybody. How you all doing? Uh, I'm <clears throat> I'm okay. I'm still a little shaking because, I, like I said, I got hit by a car today. Digital <laughs> River came after you this time. So <laughs> I got a lot of enemies. Let's just say it was Digital River. Sure. Well, first thing on... Um, that we need to talk about. On 4th of July, a bombshell was delivered to the He-Man community. And it wasn't that the sub's in danger. <laughs> Unfortunately, this time, what's in danger is PowerCon. For those who don't know, PowerCon is the celebration of everything He-Man and Shira related. This year, PowerCon's on the East Coast. But it might not happen. On the 4th of July, the staff of PowerCon released a statement. For the past three years, PowerCon was hosted in the L.A. area with an abundance of guests, enthusiastic attendees, and many happy vendors. But people organize, sorry, but for the people who organize and run PowerCon, the show is a labor of love that has always operated with the goal of breaking even on expenses, even with the entire staff working on a volunteered and unpaid basis. So when the L.A. show peaked in attendance, we knew we had to look at other possible venues to continue the event. Countless fans asked every year for PowerCon to come to the New York. Therefore, in an effort to help the show continue and give the fans what they asked for, the decision was made to take this year's show to the city that never sleeps. Unfortunately, the staff at PowerCon is coming to you today with a heavy heart to announce that the number of advanced tickets sold are 28% of the needed total to pay for the current convention expenses. The vast majority of He-Man and She-Ra creative talent live in and around the L.A. area. Getting talent to New York adds an additional high cost factor that were not present in the L.A. location, which is why we forewarn fans that doing a traveling show would result, would result in PowerCon having a smaller guest list, akin to other brand-specific traveling conventions. Our current guest list for the show is final. Brian Dobskin, the voice of the 2000X Skeletor. Dave Bullock, 
Mike Young, Teen Man Storyboard Artist. I apologize in advance. I'm probably going to mess up this name. I'm very sorry. D. George Javoniak, sculptor and graphic designer who has worked on various He-Man projects, the Four Horsemen Toy Design Group, Paul Kippenberg, original DC comic He-Man writer, and Earl Norman, famed He-Man artist. We also have a great number of vendors already committed to the show. If you want to come and experience an intimate gathering with your fellow He-Man and Shira fans and interact with some of the talents that help bring these brands to life, please purchase your advance tickets by Friday, July 11th. The bottom line, if we reach 100% of the number of advance ticket sales needed by Friday, July 11th, 2014, one week from today, we will be able to proceed with the payments that is required by our host hotel. PowerCon, like many conventions, require expenses, upfront costs, including hotel room fees, meeting room rentals, audio-visual equipment rentals, and other related expenses, and New York is especially expensive. If we do not reach 100%, the convention will be canceled, and we will absorb the financial loss already dedicated to this project. Pre-order tickets, Goatman orders, and vendor tables sales will be refunded over a 60-day period following July 11th deadline. We are not able to refund other related travel expenses and deeply apologize. We hope a cancellation does not occur. We want PowerCon to reach its goal and go on as planned in New York. Please spread the word to any fans you know, especially those living in and around New York City area. We at PowerCon still hope to put on a great show in New York that mirrors the fun of the previous three years in L.A. On a positive note, if we meet our goal by Friday, July 11th, we will begin looking at the possibility of adding additional guests to the convention. The more tickets sold past 100%, the more guests we can pursue. Also, all advanced ticket holders will receive a free art print illustrated by Chris Falcone. PowerCon is slated to take place September 13th and 14th at New York LaGuardia Airport. Advanced two-day ticket sales are $65 each. Day passes for Saturday or Sunday are $40 each. For complete information, visit the PowerCon website at www.thepower-con.com and thank you for your support. For those who've never gone, last year I went for the first time, and it's not like the big cons where you have everyone there and you're feeling like a nobody. The best way to describe PowerCon is like a family reunion. Even if you think you're not going to know anyone there, our community is fairly close-knit, even though we're miles apart, different states, sometimes different countries. And we've talked to a lot of people, either on the org forums, our forums when they were up on Facebook, through Twitter, PMs, and you might not recognize the face right away, but once you hear their screen name or their name, it's like, oh, I know you. I know last year, I just had to open my mouth. I mean, that's bad, but that goes with being a regular on a podcast. 
I understand why some people might be holding off in the tri-state area with buying their tickets because there is a large community in New Jersey and New York area. Sure, we're all upset that Mattel said they were not coming to PowerCon. Get over it, guys. They didn't just mess with PowerCon. They also said they're not coming to New York Comic Con. But Mattel did give in, and they're going to allow the four horsemen, the adopted children of New Jersey, guys, to reveal the next set of figures that would be coming out in 2015, most likely all the second quarter figures. If PowerCon doesn't happen, we've got to rely then on Digital River to tell us what the next figures are going to be, because we'll have a lull between San Diego Comic-Con, and we don't know if Mattel's doing Stan Lee's Comic-Con, which is normally in November, or they might make us wait till Toy Fair for the next set of reveals. So right there is a good reason why you want to buy your tickets. I know another reason why many of the locals are humming and hoaring. I know the, the fees that you guys are going to have to pay. I know transportation and getting into Queens is not always the best. There's no direct trains from Jersey into Queens for those who are coming that way. I'm not sure with Connecticut. I believe all the trains go into Manhattan, either Grand Central or Madison Square Garden, and then we would have to take subways or pay those lovely fees to get over all those bridges and pray that a certain governor is not having a hissy fit. But it is worth it. I know these are the issues that I've even heard from people around here, even some of the vendors. And I keep telling telling them it's worth it. I mean, there's hotel rooms still available at $165 a night at the Marriott. There were a few left last time I checked. I mean, I normally bunked up with someone else to cut the cost down. And if you're saying, well, that's high price, last year it was $110 in L.A. at the Marriott that we that Paracon was at. So it's not that bad. I know the guest list is small, but I know that goes with the contracts that Paracon has to negotiate with, with getting the talent out here. Some of them are requiring airfare besides hotel rooms and other special treatment. I mean, that is the behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about. And that's where they're running into the financial thing where people, the big stars, they want to come, they want to talk. I mean, last year, I had dinner with Rob Lamb, and it was a fantastic evening. I had a sit-down two-hour interview with Tom T. In fact, I'm contacting him to see if he's going to be at San Diego. I mean, the Four Horsemen, after the Rose Google dinner, left Rose Google podcast that no one will ever hear. <laughs> And trust me, there's a reason why no one will hear it. Decided to throw an impromptu pool party at 12 midnight until we got kicked out of the pool area. I mean, it is a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of issues, and most of them are getting to the location. I mean, if needed, those who are coming from out of the area actually have, I think, the easiest time. Because you fly right into LaGuardia, there's a shuttle. A shuttle service that will bring you right to the hotel free of charge. So, boys, what are your thoughts on this? Well, 
I had a conversation, or I guess I am back and forth with Val last week, because I publicly said, uh, when we first heard news of this a um, long time ago on our podcast, that I said it wasn't a good idea. And he was telling me, you know, he was telling me his reasons why. And, you know, it's logistics. He was saying that they peaked. Attendance was down last time. And he felt that they pretty much ran their course in California. But to me, it, you know, and here's my reasons, is that when you compare West Coast and East Coast, the prices are different. Yes. And he's paying more East Coast to try to save a, con- you know, he's spending more money to save a convention that is pretty much running its course. I mean, without any new media, without anything new, um, you know, this is it. And I hope people go because with the understanding that more than likely this is probably the last convention uh, we're going to get in a long while unless the movie comes out or hopefully an animated series or, you know, or something comes out to uh, keep this thing going. But, you know, it's I understand, you know, I understand his reasons. It's not what I would have done. And he kept trying to convince me. And, um, you know, I still stand my ground because experience and people have have that I've talked to at conventions have all told me is that you have to establish yourself before any money comes in, before any um, financial rewards come in for you to gain some notoriety. And, you know, and I think maybe he was kind of hoping for some corporate sponsorship because that's what the Transformer guys and the um, Star Wars convention. That's really and, how they get it, because they have corporate sponsorship. Yeah. Well, Hasbro backs them. Even um, the My Little Pony, they do back. Yeah. And do give exclusives where you want to go, because you know that's only going to be at that one thing. And they pretty much do stay now in set spaces, because BronyCon, which is the biggest uh, pony con, moved from Jersey two years ago to the Baltimore area, only because they outgrew the convention site in Jersey. And I'm sorry, but, you know, Hasbro is a little bit more aware of their fan base. Mattel, uh, the, you know, the bosses, the main bosses, they're all a bunch of old men who don't know what this is. Yeah. They don't get it. They're, they're still stuck in the 1950s, and, you know, they, they won't even give you the time of day, even though you're paying all this money to them, you know. They still, they, you know, they don't get it, so... That's why I think I get upset when they everyone blames Scott, where Scott is trying his best. But like you said, it's a bunch of old fogies who don't understand sometimes that are holding things back. And I hope the convention happens. But like I said, I, like I said I'm honestly not holding out hope. They have to understand that people just can't swing. I mean, going off to New York, uh, Jersey, and all, it's pricey. Yes. No matter how much you lay it down, it's gonna cost more. So yeah, I mean you're you're preaching to someone who lives in the area. Yeah. I mean I go to LA, I go out to San Diego. I'm like, wait a minute, they are joking at these prices, right? Oh, Kelly, if you come here to El Paso and you see our prices, um, I heard about your movie ticket. Yeah. Come on, IMAX is still nine dollars here. And for those who are wondering, IMAX in Jersey ranges on the theater between 14 and $16. <laughs> Big difference. And if you do it in the city, well, 
you better bring your checkbook because you're talking twenty plus dollars just for the ticket. Wow. Yeah. And so I've I don't want to say I'm criticizing, but my financial sense is that you don't spend more on something that's in trouble. You know, so I'm sorry. That's that's my opinion. That's you know that's my statement. And if it doesn't happen, well, you know, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I feel I mean, bad, but yeah, I mean, I feel bad too, and I understand finances. And like I said, I I see it both ways. Living in the area, I mean, I really hope it happens. Otherwise, this year there's no He-Man on the East Coast at all, with Mattel backing out of uh. New York Comic Con. Even then, can you blame them? Because they had a terrible time. <laughs> yeah, because someone with sticky fingers taking a few pieces of Castle Grayskull, we're all being penalized. Or no, I think it was worse when the jerk decided to customize the glimmer figure. Finally, somebody mentions the Phantom Skirt Cutter. <laughs> I, I still, I know that she was behind glass the whole time. So someone at Mattel had to open up the glass for them to get into it. It was Spectre all along. I don't That's think That's my story, that... and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, come on. It's New York. Somebody could have easily popped open the glass. Or somebody stole Spectre's suit and went back, made all that stuff, and gave away Evelyn's baby. But no, no. But no, all jokes Evelyn's aside... baby is being given away on Maddie Collector as of today. Yeah, let's just forget about that. Horrible abomination, and let's just keep going on the uh, sad news about PowerCon. And I'm gonna say it: I blame Mattel for this. No support. We've already established that. Unlike Hasbro, that supports JoeCon, BotCon, and now it's doing the BronyCon thing. But then Mattel dropped us the bomb with the whole "all lines must end." So yeah. a change I, of venue. I think uh, that's what scared a lot of people as well. Between Mattel backing out of PowerCon and then using Eamon's beautiful work to deliver the knife blow to everybody's heart. <laughs> After all these years, you know, they could have used him for anything. No, they, you know, he comes out with this. Or they get him to make this. It's horrible, period. So all these things, the change of venue, the winding down of the line due to the whole last year, the loss of Thunder, the loss of Mutant Turtles, well... Well, they said a lot of Turtle fans really didn't come out. But I I honestly see why they don't come out, because usually Turtle fans are, are just flocking to the big con at San Diego, and maybe some, some of them go to New York, but since there hasn't been that much of a Turtle-established thing, well... And PowerCon is mostly... A human console. Most yeah. fans think like, ah, oh, playing thick second fiddle to to human. Eh, forget about it. So there's there's a combination of things. It's not just one thing. But if it happens, cool. If it doesn't happen, we tried. I mean, human fans are pretty much known as the beggars of the the sci-fi and fantasy community. We're begging to save the land. We're begging to save power. Gun. We're pretty much. Begging to save everything. And all jokes aside, I really hope PowerCon happens, but right now it's an uphill battle and I wish the PowerCon con team the best, but I don't know what can I say to make people go buy 
buy tickets before July 11th. I mean, I know it's a fun, it's a fun event. I've seen the panels online and sadly I won't be able to make it to New York even if I, if, if I had access to, but to, to logistics and other stuff, but I really hope for the best and that's all I can say. I know cons are fun and a human con, since it's something I really love, it must be a lot more fun, but there's nothing I can do to sway people aside that, aside saying, if you are in the area or can get to New York and go to PowerCon, do so. You're going to have a good time. If not, blame Mattel. Well, here's the issue, too. It's like you're really asking a lot from the fans because, I mean, uh, for me, I'm going to say me. I looked into it. You know, me going to LaGuardia uh, is going to cost me somewhere about 4000 bucks round trip. Because I ain't going to drive. I need to take the plane. <laughs> I got to go there. The hotel rooms, again, another 200 bucks a uh, night. Round it up because, you know, taxes and fees and all that. So I'm going to spend basically a, almost close to a 1000 bucks in the hotel alone. So already, just to go to that convention, which I hate to say it's smaller. They admitted that it's smaller. And they're charging, you know, 45 bucks for the weekend and all that, which is the least expensive thing out of this whole thing. Uh, I'm looking somewhere upwards of five, six thousand dollars, which is as much as the fan. I mean, come on, the fans gripe about prices of figures already. You know, so for anybody else, you know, traveling, it is asking a lot. I mean, I'm sorry, but asking fans to drop what they're doing, book these flights, and go to this convention, you know, to save it, um, I wouldn't. You know, because I'd rather tell people, hey, buy the figures, because <laughs> I don't have that much money, and I'm afraid, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, ballpark figure, uh, Yoni, how much would it cost for you to travel all the way over here? <laughs> no idea, but it would be a lot. Yeah, Crespo, you have a ballpark figure? Uh, ballpark figure, just getting to New York would get me around five or six. I have relatives that I can stay with, but... Still, I still have to move around New York, and it would go in a couple thousands, and I personally would rather spend it on He-Man product and, than going to a con, although cons are great and everything. I just don't see myself taking that plunge because it's a bit too much, logistically speaking. So, those who, that's why I say those who are in the area or can afford it, they should go and get the experience, but those who can't afford it, well, I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, just going into New York, even for a local, between the tolls and everything else, I'm looking at about $100 easily one way, between gas tolls and a good hour to an hour and a half commute. And figuring I'll be hitting it at rush hour, so figure four hours, because no one knows how to drive in New York. Sorry, New Yorkers, but it is true. Everyone walks, unless you're a professional cab driver. (laughs) So, and I'm paying for the hotel, figuring for the three days that I'm there, it's costing me five something. I think it was five eighty. Plus, I have to pay for the parking at the hotel too. That's not included. Yeah, they they get you for everything. Hey, I've got to admit the parking is pretty cheap for New York at twenty four dollars a day. 
in a secure parking lot. So, like I said, for three nights, it's costing me about almost $600. That's a lot. I mean, maybe Val, and I'm, again, not bashing Val, but maybe he should have stayed in the L.A. area. I mean, the other cons that we've mentioned that are toy-specific, with the corporate backing, they haven't moved in years. They might have moved locations within a certain area. I think BotCon has gone a few different places in California. And sometimes they move because they get a sweeter deal. Right. You know, sometimes a city or a hotel wants them. And, you know, they offer them breaks. They offer them little incentives. Same thing, you know, that's like San Diego. Because, you know, whenever the lease comes up... Um, cities oh, I, fight. Cities will fight for San Diego Comic Con. I heard about the last one where they even said they'd build onto the uh, convention center to keep Comic Con in San Diego. Yeah, because uh, it's coming up again, and Anaheim really wants it. I heard. Yeah. And Disney, you know, because they got Disney behind them, promised them that if they go to Anaheim, last time they said you go to Anaheim, and the Anaheim Convention Center is nice. They could handle the uh, the San Diego crowd. And they told them, you come here, Disney is going to do a whole lot for you. And they're, they're a lot closer to Hollywood. So the studios and all that would love to have them over in Anaheim. So someday San Diego might get moved to Anaheim. Yeah, it might be the Anaheim uh, Comic-Con. Yeah. And, you know, that's when they go to greener pastures. But again, they get established. So I don't know. I mean, it's tough because, like I said, the one we have here, it took a while. And, well, you know, I told you the crazy stories with our conventions. But, you know, once they get established, you know, the, the real breaks happen when the city wants them. So yeah. now the city, you know, our city wants the conventions here. So we get, or again, the owners get tax breaks and incentives for having them here. And, you know, now it's starting to make profits and things are turning around after four years. Yeah, it takes a good four or five years in an area to become established. And I wish Val would have, you know, tried a little to get them established. Otherwise, moving, you know, it it costs. But I know this was his reason saying that they peaked. And, okay, I get it, I get it. I would have gone a different route. And also, I think he felt a little guilty because on the back of the very first program guide from the very first PowerCon, it did say, um, 2013, 2014 on the East Coast. And a lot of the East Coast people took that as a promise where it was his way of trying to feel out, would it be worth it? And I know for quite a while, people kept saying, bring it to the East Coast, bring it to the East Coast. We'll come, we'll come, we'll come. Well, he did. Where are you? Yeah. He, he finally caved in. I mean, he tried to be considerate. He, Looked all over. Well, let's get on to the happier topic because it's getting closer to that time where I get to go out to California and live on five hours of sleep over the course of five days, a.k.a. San Diego Comic-Con. And we know some sales are going pretty good. It looks like as of the 8th, they did update the cowl meter. It looks like it's about 40%. It's a 38. The picture is named 38%. Oh, someone actually showed, <laughs> showed it? Because I know Mattel has said they're not going to post the actual percentages. So 
we've got to do a little bit of our own. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Let's just round up to forty, okay? It's just easier. We're starting now to see his ruffled feathers. We got a hand completely <laughs> filled in. Good. So we got his hand and crotch. All right. <laughs> hey, of, we're still about two weeks away from San Diego Comic Con, and we're almost at fifty percent. That's pretty damn good. We're normally not that good at this point of the year with sub sales. And let's remind people that this is nearly nearly fifty percent, just give or take twelve percent. <laughs> and and it's with no official announcement of figures, just people buying blindly. So it's pretty good, but let's just hope that the momentum keeps and we kick the butt of the sub at the end of the period because it's the final year and I don't wanna I don't want to jinx it, but it's the final year, and I just want this sub to kick so much butt that we end up the line with a bang, and we can show the executive old farts that we still care about He-Man. It's not one of those internet gay jokes. We truly love He-Man, and we want it to kick butt. And stop dragging your butts and get that movie made. You too, Sony. Stop dragging your butts. Also, we need to remind people... That once it hits 100%, there's no more subs available for buy. There's a set number this year. We don't know the exact figure. There's been speculation, but we're not even going to mention what the speculated numbers were. But Mattel said once it hits 100%, they're closing down. No more orders will be taken. Also, very few figures, if any will be available for day of sale in 2015. That's why the retailers haven't ordered yet. And I know for a fact there's a lot of online uh, toy stores that are just waiting to see which figures are coming out before they start ordering. And a lot of them, like, order one, 200, 300. They'll do multiple orders because there is a max of how many subs you can order at a time. Yeah, but they look to see what figures are what, and then uh, once, you know, they, they get a general feel for it, then they're going to jump in and do big orders. Yes. I mean, they know what to do. They've been doing it for a while, and uh, I know some toy uh, online toy companies are really happy with how things turned out for them this year with the subscription, so I'm sure they'll be back, especially if it's the last one. Yeah, I mean, some of the prices of the of Too Bad was ridiculously high. And that's because he was not available for Day Of. I know the unnamed one was also ridiculously high at some of those online toy stores. Why don't we start with our, what you think the sub-exclusive will be? Um, <laughs> well, I think it's a Despara. <laughs> yeah, figuring she was in the last mini comic, it's been confirmed that, that if the sub goes through, there will be a mini comic with the exclusive. It ties in the comic book series with the classics line, the mini comic. I think it's going to be Despera. How about you, Gus? Uh, I think it's easier to say, who doesn't think? It's going to be this because she was in the mini-comic. She was the best thing received out of the new DC comic. And Mattel needs to do something to celebrate the 30th or 31st She-Ra anniversary with a sub-exclusive. Pretty much everything that hasn't been Shadow Weaver or Gorpo, it's 
He-Man, 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 He-Man. And I swear, if we get another He-Man as a sub-exclusive, I think I'm going to want to kick somebody in the nuts. So it's a good thing that Mattel's not going to PowerCon. I know <laughs> it's not Scott. I know it wouldn't be Scott. It probably would be Ruben. <laughs> oh, you would make the trip up if they turned around and said, Oh, the sub-exclusive is Dare, son of He-Man. Oh, Designed by Ruben. I would, that would tempt okay. me and plenty of other people to go and personally kick Ruben in the nuts, even though kicking in the nuts is bad. Remember, kids, do not do it. Until next time. <laughs> oh, well, like I said, my, the Sparrow is a great choice, and I think that is probably a better choice than the one I, I predicted, but, I, I'm going to throw out a little different because I think we do need to have a little variety. And as much as you guys are right, you know, the Sparrow would be good figure. Uh, I'm going to say the first Sorceress as a sub-exclusive. And my logic is, is that the Sorceress is a rare figure. A lot of people got their Castle Grayskulls, but not everybody got their hands on the Sorceress. The Sorceress is still selling for large, for a huge amount of money. Even the white one is still, you know, she sells a little less, but she's still up there in price. And I said, you know, um, the original Sorceress would be great if they do her in the uh, vintage colors. And at least we get a 2000X version of it, and you just call her the first Sorceress. And that, to me, would be a great sub-exclusive, and it would be a good hook. But like I said, you know, yours is probably a lot better, and more than likely we probably are looking at a Princess of Power sub-exclusive. Hey, I would get behind that, too. I mean, the line started with King Grayskull, and having the first Sorceress in the final year would be a, something pretty cool, so... Yeah, that's my logic. Have somebody stand next to King Grayskull. You know, you have the, the set. And the mold is already there. They definitely have to adjust the wings. Yeah, but they could do something of, like Octavia or something that you plug the wings in her dress. If we're going with the Wings on the lower back, like the actual 2000X look of the Preternian Sorceress. If we go with the modern era Sorceress, then we can reuse the Flutterina Torso, which has holes in the back. So, yeah, there are possibilities. As long as they don't use those stupid barrels again. They're such an eyesore. Yeah, I think I have my Sorceress displayed more in Falcon mode, just to forget about the huge drums in her arms. Yeah. Well, what do you think will be the figures that we're going to be seeing? We know that 2014, November is a steak man. We do know, I believe it's October is Sweet Bee. I think that's with the Club of Theria, though. Yeah, I was going to ask. Is it, I know Sweet Bee is coming. Right. For sure, is it in Etheria? I think it is. I'm not yes. sure. Okay. Yes. Because I thought, because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they say there was one more? One more. Princess of in power power the... for the main line. Okay, yeah, that's a confusion I wanted to clear up. Yeah, Sweet Bee is the October figure, and Light Hope would ship in October with her, because he's a sub-exclusive, and those who got Etheria already paid for him. Yeah, I heard the rumors that there was going to be a Princess of Power item in the main sub, and then you there's... still have the holiday item, and the December... No, but... Basically, November, December, fourth quarter, and holiday item. Those are the 2014 items we are missing. And we know November is a snake, man, so 
It's either squeeze or um, tongue lasher. Yeah, that is. Just Personally, I'm going with tongue lasher. You could just I'm flip a coin, man. So we pretty much know the November term. figure. It's October holiday and December items. We don't wait. Wait, isn't Last Attack considered a Snake Man? Dun dun dun. I thought he was a uh, Skeletor. Uh, for for all for all it, for all we care, he may be a rogue time agent. Well, that's the one figure that we need to see the origin for because you know we know him as a Snake Man through uh, the comics, the uh, Star Comics, I believe. Right. But then in the mini comics, he was one of Skeletor's crew. And in the UK comics, I think he had a different origin. Oh, it's it's also confusing and convoluted. I mean, the Combat Warriors had like seven different origins, and like six of them were that they were space hippies. So, so yeah, holiday item. I wanted to be the energy soids just to have because I feared that Mattel would sell them at separate slots. And personally, I don't see a figure the size of Extenders torso with the extension as a full figure price. So I'm hoping that's the holiday item. But rumors say that. We'll get something from under the sea, but I don't know what to say. I just, I well, just can't I can see the Marmista um, costing quite a bit because of all the work that she's going to take. Figuring she's going to have to be done like King Hiss. They'll probably have to figure a way for her to sort of stand up on her fishtail if they don't give a stand for her. Well, that's where I'm kind of little bit off on it because I don't think she would be that much because alone the buck is there you know the female buck is you know it's the easiest thing they use and they could easily get a female buck for it yes they have to make it where you split the waist but the fish uh the mermaid part of her would just be a piece of plastic really depends on how much sculpting that you would put on her yeah if she's that piece is not going to be articulated we don't know cuz uh we didn't expect like shadow weaver to have some articulation, and she ended up getting some articulation. Like, she can kind of sit, but we'll just have to wait and see, so. Well, to me, she can do the time warp. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, she just shakes her hips. That's basically all. <laughs> but see, I also heard that possibly the holiday item could be a very small playset, like Slime Pit. Which could be feasible. I mean, the Slime Pit is just pretty much too... Two half shit, well, two plastic, pe- two sheets of plastic that are molded in- into the shape and like three or four movable pieces, like the head, it's two pieces and the lever with the other arm, that's the other two pieces. So it could be, but. And I've also heard that it could be part, the chariot part of the battle ram. Well, we deserve a battle ram, a full fledged battle ram. And they already have the mold. <laughs> they, they already have. Well, they already have the mold for the front half. They already have the sculpt for the back half. They just have to tool the mold for the back part. And it could be possible, but here's the thing. Um, I'd rather have Mattel, like, do the whole, the whole thing as, for example, saying, like, the 2015 holiday item. So they have enough to put the whole thing because I don't think that the factories in China are gonna match the colors well and then I don't want to have, like, the front half being the uh, light blue, and then suddenly the back half being, like, greenish, and it would clash. And also, I don't have the front half of the battle ram, and I would be 
very angry if I'm unable to get the front half of the battle ram, and then I get by the sub, the butt of the battle ram, and I'm like, damn it, it's not even the useful part. Nah, I think they're going to sell it like whole piece, because it would make sense. They say it's two separate vehicles. Now, I know there's people who are going to complain, but I'm kind of like, look, you have the sky sled and the battle ram. Two separate vehicles. That's how I saw it. But then I was a stupid kid. I didn't split my battle ram until like two years after I had it. <laughs> I don't think I ever split mine. I never had one as a kid, so... <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Well, I never read the instruction. And like I said, I didn't see the cartoon right away. I think the cartoon, they only showed like the sky sleds and the ram only showed like few times. So yeah. I saw the sky... So the sky sleds are the most important part of it. And I'm saying when you bought the toy, I remember when you bought the toy, it was intact. You know, it was all together in the big box. So, and the uh, the sky sled attachment was really well placed. It wasn't loose. I mean, it it was tight. And so I didn't think about it. And yeah, the picture had the sky sleds in the background, but you mostly saw the, the battle ramp. And I, I, I never thought of it until later. And then I didn't see the cartoons right away. And then I did. The idea occurred to me. And I put a little bit of muscle behind it. And I was like, oh, wow, it splits. Uh, I wonder how many kids got grounded when they split it and the parents thought that they broke it. <laughs> well, how about what you think the January figure is going to be? Because you know people are waiting to order their subs because they want to see the exclusive January, February, and March. So what big name do you want to see leading the pack? Well, let me say this first. I recall, I can't find it. It's just, I swear they transparent mentioned. Be- transparent piece, translucent pieces, right? No, that they said there's two movie figures coming this year. Right. Yeah, I do remember, I do remember hearing that and I'm crossing my fingers that we get Wildor in 2014, and then Sarad can come in 2015, which, by the way, since Sarad had the sparkles, the sparks coming out of the mouth, action feature in the vintage, translucent sparks, Toy Guru said something about the January figure having translucent parts. Boom! Sarad in January. Well, Sarad, I have the toy, and yeah, he had the, the, uh, he had the mechanism in the back with the flint, and you like roll, you know, you pushed on it and, you know, he sparked out, which when you, in hindsight, you realize, wow, this could be a really dangerous toy. <laughs> we just gave kids a light. <laughs> because I had the same thing when the Fantastic Four toys came out in the 90s. They had a Johnny Storm with the same <laughs> thing. I actually lit a fire with that torch. We had metal toys. We had toys shaped like guns. We had wooden toys. Toys that used gunpowder, toys that couldn't use as lighters, and we didn't kill ourselves! And a lot of die-cast stuff. I mean, some of those vintage Transformers could kill now. Oh yeah, my Sunstreak, which I still have, is solid metal, and it's heavy! Yeah, I had a hound, and I remember it cut my foot. Ow. Because the Jeep had, like, some jagged edges, and yeah, he was die-cast metal, and a kid running around in a barefoot, yeah, it, it actually cut. So, and back then, yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> yeah, the safety standards weren't as uh, strict as they are nowadays. But I gotta say, going back to the uh, January figure, 
I think, you know, it's really tough now because we don't have that many figures left. I mean, somebody, um, I wish I give, could give credit whoever posted it up. They posted up, like, what's left. And we only have, really, like, three heroes left. We got Flying Fist, He-Man, we got Rodar, we got Gwildor, and that's it for the vintage. And so I would get something that would kind of be cool. And the one that's still a mystery to me, we mentioned before, was Blast Attack. You know, part of me still is wondering, how are they going to do this guy? And since it's his last year, um, I'm hoping they go for broke and they make a guy that can actually split down the middle. Yeah, I mean, they've already shown us they can do it splitting in half with a torso and the leg separate. I want to see them split them in half. That's going to be a challenge for engineering and design. And That's why they saved the best for last. And they here's hoping the- that... And here I was hoping that Brandon got some of that Voltron experience and iron out some of the kinks and get us a blast attack that splits like vintage. And <laughs> the thing that scares me the most is that blast attack is basically a suicide bomber robot. So how are they going to tackle that in the bios in a post 9-11 world? That's the part that scares me. Well, are you going to be disappointed if he's just a regular figure? If he's just a regular figure and they just add clip on like blast effects, like he's starting to split up. Not even that. It's just, just plain. Plain old figure. Manage expectations. Yeah, sure. While we're at it, let's just toss in some trap jump parts and <laughs> they do toss trap jump parts in him and he doesn't split, then I'm going to be super disappointed. Yeah, I think it does need some way of showing that it's going to split apart, split apart. I mean, if it was just the plain old figure, I don't know. I'd probably be a little disappointed. But you know what I'm, what I'm really hoping is like they just give him the Horde Prime hands and that they can actually pop off on like new adventure skeleton. So, so I can just have, if he can't split in half, at least he can like explode punches like, like Massinga C style. That's what the, that's what I hope in a worst case scenario. So nudge, nudge, wink, wink, design team, do your thing. Well, the disappointment to me would be if he just splits at the waist, but I at least would hope that he can come apart, like fully apart. He can take the legs, the arms, well, the head, of course, but you know, he can come apart. I would at least settle for that. Yeah, like he explodes into multiple pieces and then, and then little, <laughs> and kind of like a skeletor or snake man version of Modulog. And he, like, has the arms flopping around to reassemble himself. Actually, that would be pretty cool instead of the plain old vintage splitting in half thing. But what else, I mean, besides that one, what one would you want to see? Because you know, like, this year we had Too Bad to lead off the pack. And everyone's like, oh, I need to get Too Bad. Well, it's really tough right now. Like I said before, we only got three heroes. For the bad guys, we have Terraclaw, Skeletor, Blast Attack, Ninjor, um, the evil uh, Energy Zoid, and uh, Sauron. You know, they if they start the year with Multibot, I think people would get a little bit excited. You know, yeah, I see him as the forty dollar slot. He could be. He really could be. Dragster. Because that was what um, Modulock was at the forty slot. Yeah, Dragstore would be a regular figure. I don't see them really doing much. The wheel thing, you know, they're not going to put a wheel on him. hes It's probably just going to be the uh, armor going over a regular buck. And people hate it, but he's coming, you know, the uh, Buzzsaw Hordak. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but that's not that quarter three that. release. That's a quarter three release if we want to sell this up. And I'm going to say it from the Princess of Power side, just tossing Queen Angela there, and the and the Princess of Power folks are going to flock to it. Like, yeah, cause there's, for, for the pop, you have Queen Angela, Pika Blue, Perfuma, Spinnerella. And I really want to see how they would do Spinnerella, because that was all ribbon. That is a tough one. I don't see they're going to use cloth ribbon. I think it'll probably no. just be... I would like to see how they got that ribbon effect. They're probably just going to be molded plastic. Because they didn't do it on um, Tall Star. She was supposed to have ribbons, a ribbon effect for her pants. Yeah, but that was a toy toy look. So, and I think they went to a hybrid filmation inspired some magazine look. Well, they went to the style guide look. And the style guide didn't have the hammer pants. Yeah. The hammer pants, I think, was supposed to give us the effect of the ribbon. Well, I'm more excited probably to get perfume because she had more of an impact on the filmation cartoons. Come on. Who else could go up? And play Porta. I call them Porta That was one of their best episodes. That's why I loved reenacting it a couple of years ago at San Diego Comic Con and Quartz got off guard. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the party pooper and I'm gonna say one horrible thing about Perfuma. She helped Bo to compose that horrible Christmas song. <laughs> That's the only bad thing. Love and caring. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's save that for the Christmas episode. We don't want to lose viewers, okay? <laughs> well, uh, you'll put that in the bio for Perfuma. Well, you know, this year, I forgot, was it this year that we had an oversize in the beginning? Yes. Yeah, Modulon. Yeah, Modulon for 40. If we did the same thing, and you know, and they did say Scott did say that it's pretty much going to be the same. Fourteen and fifteen are pretty much going to be the same. Um, for an oversize, one last oversize um, I would love to get would be Sagittar from the New Adventures, because that design is still one of the best designs they had. And having again a big heroic guy with the forearms and you know, the hooves and all that, that he can be on all fours and he could stand up and punch and all that. That would be an amazing figure if the four horsemen did him right. I will give you the breakdown of what they said we're getting. Because other than that, I can't imagine any more oversizes to do, aside well, from multibot. A, well, there's multibot, there's uh, there's two, okay. two packs, well, two 52 items. There's the single 26 item that Everyone knows it's Buzzsaw Hordak. And then the $60 holiday item. Which will probably be Laser Light T-Man and Laser Light Skeletor. The $252 item, one of them could be Sagittarius from New Adventures, because they did say the key figures, key characters from New Adventures would still be made. Well, we are getting Mara, remember that, so... And then there is Pantara, so... Yeah. We know the $26 item is Buzzsaw Hordak, because that's the variant slot. The $42 item is probably going to be Multibot. So we have the two $52 items and the $60 year-end item. They're not even calling it a holiday item this year. Because obviously he's going to be the last, the, you know, the goodbye figure. That's why I figured that 61 
is probably going to be the last two um, figures they ever made, which was the Laser Light, Skeletor, and He-Man. And that would be okay. But looking at what's left, you could do it this year. You could cover all these guys this year. I mean, uh, next year, I mean. We could relatively finish this line with uh, the vintage finished, um, the main P.O.P. characters finished, and then finish the Horde. We're, we're done. Yeah, we the fun the fun thing is that we finish this year the girls' side of the horde. Next year we finish the boys' side of the horde. So horde is done. Great rebellion done next year. Vintage done next year. Obviously, new adventures would be the ones who would never get finished. But we expected that since the beginning of the line. Although we hope some of us hope to get a bit more. In my case, after I began to like new adventures, I wanted more new adventures. But that's life. And yeah, I'm hoping. That if Sagittar is not in the sub, maybe he can be tossed in, like for San Diego or or a non-sub item or something, because that would be a really cool Galactic Protector to get. I mean, aside the main Hydron and Flipshot and the upcoming Mara, if we could get one more, I would want Sagittar, but I expect Mattel to throw a curveball and give us someone like Nocturna or Spinwit, just to name someone that could be made with little new parts used so but i really want sagittar because just imagine a sagittar with the big bulky ramman arms and steed side so like the vintage toy you could have new adventures team and ride sagittar into battle and that would give us a big heroic character because aside ramman we have nothing like that because the bad guys have shadow beasts have guy gore the good guys need something bigger for some symmetry and part of it to me, I keep thinking, is the price chain, the price for the, um, the twistoids, the energy zoids, you know, they're gonna, they're half the size. I mean, I know people, uh, like Emiliano's idea with the, um, leg attachment, it's not gonna happen. More than likely, he's probably gonna have, you know, they're gonna probably be a two pack. And I said it before that I'm surprised they didn't show up, but I think these guys need to come out, so. We're pretty much in a lock. And then I keep remembering that they did... Did Scott say that there's a few more Filmation guys coming? He said key figures of Filmation besides Hunterra. See, for me, um, I was going to say Lizard Man would be up there for me. We need some heroes. Yeah, because they seem to like doing the uh, bad guys. But in all fairness, most of the cool Filmation characters Worth have bad. been the villains. Yeah, but we still, I mean, a Hawk for 2000X would be cool. But come on, Lizard Man would be a popular choice. I'm going to say Malakta, even though people, oh, he's just a boring archaeologist. But he's had six appearances under his belt, and he's basically a great tool for the bio team to tell more stories. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And also... Who wrote all the bios that we've criticize. No, that was Scrollos. No, that would be Songster. No, that would be either Songster or Scrollos who has his records and all that, but also Melacta is not a white guy, so I'm gonna say that. And Masters of the Universe Classics has been the most racially diverse Motu line that we've ever gotten. And that's pretty cool. I mean, there are more shades in the white characters, and there are non-whites, and Probably we're going to get Nocturna because of political correctness. There, I'm calling it. The the other non-Mara Galactic Protector is going to be Nocturna. I mean, I'd hope they would give us another Galactic uh, Cosmic Enforcer. 
I would have loved the alien Cosmic Enforcer one. Remember, that was the one the Four Horsemen originally had in mind for Zodak? Yep. It was going to be that gray-looking alien. I would have loved to seen that design. Now, who knows? Maybe after, but I don't see it happening for the sub. No. Hopefully the new cartoon will use some of those unused concepts and we'll get lucky in the future line. But for classics, sadly, I don't see it. Okay, I think that's about it for this one. Well, we are taking a little break. Yes, we won't be back until after San Diego Comic-Con, where we'll be discussing what was revealed. Make sure to check out our Facebook page and Twitter, Great Rebellion is our Twitter handle, because I will be tweeting and posting from San Diego Comic-Con, and I will be joining Nerds on the Couch for a live report from San Diego Comic-Con on Thursday, the 24th, and that's at, let's see, a live show on the East Coast is starts at 9, Central, it's 8, Mountain, 7, and West Coast, it's 6. Yeah, we'll be discussing all the news and uh, all the buzz that's going around San Diego, which hopefully will be a lot. I hear there's going to be a lot to talk about. Oh, I'm going through all those press releases. That's why I haven't put up any videos yet, because I've gotten them from MTV, CW, and all like that. I mean, they're doing even a big thing on Sharknado 2. Plus, one thing I wanted, now that uh, I forgot to mention about San Diego, remember Scott said, he promised he has something big to show us for San Diego Comic-Con. And he emphasized big. Oh, my. <laughs> and George Sakai will be there, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, isn't he there always? Even when they don't invite him, he's there, yeah. Yeah, there's certain people that show up even when they're uninvited. But come on, everybody loves Takai. I know. He's such a great guy. I'm hoping to run into him, but figuring how many different locations... Comic-Con's taking up this year? Don't know. I wish I was there to help you, Kelly, but maybe next year. Hopefully next year. While we're taking a break, we hope everyone's enjoying their July. Make sure to get out to your local cons. Help support them. If you're planning on being on the East Coast the weekend of September 13th, please, please, buy your tickets for PowerCon. It is worth the expense. We'll see you next time when we'll discuss maybe two comics. Because we should also have Comic 15 out by then, too, when they enter the Fright Zone. I'm Kelly, wishing you a good journey. I'm Renee, wishing you a good journey. I'm Yoni, good journey. And Ranting Crespo, wishing you a good journey. And remember, while we may be on vacation during the podcast, I'm gonna still going to be ranting at Nefty's House of Rants, blogspot.com. Obviously, my house of friends, so I'm going to be rambling about everything, mostly Masters, because now that's the hot topic, and we'll see you after San Diego Comic Con how right or how wrong we were with our hopes and dreams of what will be revealed. Good journey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>